special Cinephobe Mailbag Edition while Jade is out creating pure Americana with his kids in the Cape. It's me and Zach. You know what I realized the other day? No, I don't. I really don't know what the word Americana is. You know? Really? Yeah. Like, it's a word that's thrown around. It's a word I've used, but, like, I don't... I just use it. I don't know that I've ever really looked it up. What about Tropicana? Tropicana, yeah. Like, I used to drink a lot of juice. So you know that you know that Tropicana means juice, but since there's no brand, Americana. Right. Like, Americana, like, I get it. It's just, like, it's, like, American cultural. What the fuck does that even mean? That's what I'm talking about. Like, I don't really know what that means. Go to Jade's Instagram right now. Okay. <laughs> that's You'll that's get Americana? It. Okay. It's, like, Josie... With a popsicle okay, that's at the Americana. beach. Yeah. You know? Bucket hat. Floppy hat. Yeah. Just fucking snapping turtles. Right. For sure. Hot dogs. Okay. Ice cream cones. That's Americana. Americana. You think of America, that's what you think of. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it, right. it's sort of like an ideal. I mean, also, in another way, warships and nuclear weapons and mm, oil that's also americana that's, that's my americana right there so that's the good stuff <laughs> just that you know not necessarily always trying to point out the bad americana mostly want the good americana the right american pie song the, all the lyrics of that are, that's americana that's americana right, right there yes okay there we go all right we figured that out guy fieri making a hot dog <laughs> slash apple pie combo for the field of dreams game last night that's americana i've been binging that uh john favreau chef show oh nice yeah i've been binging that because i watched chef the other day the movie uh, yeah great movie. yeah and i'd seen it before but it just decided i was like you know i'll watch that again and it's it's as good as i remember it if not better love that, that movie that's such an ultimate flex by john favreau because he's in the middle of his run making Iron Man movies and and then eventually like those Jungle Book and the Lion King yeah. stuff that he did. But he's like, nah, I've always loved cooking. So I'm going to make a movie where all I do is cook the entire time. Right. And then Scarlett Johansson and Sofia Vergara are going to be my love interests. The women in my life. Right. Right. What? A, yeah, that is a that's a pretty good flex. And that's right. just like a great way to spend a summer, man. Yeah. <laughs> Learning how to professionally cook. Making Cubano sandwiches with your friends? Yeah. Not a bad not a bad move. Not eligible. No. Way too good. But we got a lot of questions, Zach. For, oh, for once, okay. we got a shit ton of questions. Yeah. We're going to actually answer a bunch of these questions here. And we're going to start with this one. Godal Kaiser, Godal Kaiser. Would you ever, ever, just once in a million shot, do a movie or a three-week pick of favorite movies that don't adhere to the rules? No. No, we will not. No, I, I look, there are a lot of movies that are on the fringe that I would love to do. And we we worked the system with disclosure, right? It was at 41. We got it down to 40. Then Rotten Tomatoes decided to censor our audience, which I'm not okay with. I thought free speech mattered in this country. And yes, I'm going to incorrectly talk about free speech here. Americana. But it's Americana. Exactly. Free speech is Americana. Rotten Tomatoes reviews sometimes are Americana. Sometimes they're Ukrainiana. Ukraine, kind whatever that would be. <laughs> but no, because I think once we open the door for doing that, like we did it for April Fool's, right? But that's April Fool's. Like, so maybe we do one a year on April Fool's, maybe. But no, I don't like, because then once we've opened that door, once we've opened Pandora's box, you don't get to close it. 
Now it's, well, you guys did it for this. Why won't you do it for that? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to set that precedent. We have too many movies that are available that we may never get to at this point. You know, once we all die on the train, like, I don't know what's going to happen to this podcast. Right. Then we're just doing a completely different podcast. Then we're doing, how did this get made? Right. Because they do movies that are, that are like, sometimes are good. Right. But they're just ridiculous. Obscure or hard to find. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's the point of the show. Is it? Isn't it? Come to cynical mailbag. I want to try and drag down another movie, though. I, I would love to find another yeah, I'm, I'm crowdsourcing opportunity. It's something that's at 41%. Or, even better, something that's could be 45%, but there's only 1,000 reviews. Right. Right, 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 and we can really knock that down. Something that's within our our range that we can we can mm-hmm. take down, because yeah, th- I think the most interesting section is the movies that are in the forty to fifty range. Yes, because it's not like it's a good movie that we want to do. It's like <laughs> right, it just didn't <laughs> quite suck enough. Yeah, it didn't quite make it. And it's sitting there, like I always bring a Vampire's Kiss. I would love to do that movie, but we can't. And if we change the rules, then what have we even been doing for <laughs> three years? Exactly. And we've wasted three years instead of clearly been doing the Lord's work like we have been, right? And also, like you said, there's thousands of movies that do qualify that <laughs> Yo, who knows if so we'll many to get through. <laughs> ever finish doing all of those. Oh, my God. We, our work is tough enough as it is. There are ones where I'm looking at like a list that I have of ones I want to get to. And I'm like, I don't know where we're going to get to these because we're doing these themed months. Like 2022, we may have to just go back to random picks. I don't know what to do there. Yeah. Or, you know, have a month that's a random pick. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I've been enjoying the theme months to a degree. Yes. I think it was a great change for this year. And, but then now what's happened is now we have. 24 theme months. <laughs> right. like, are we yeah, going to no, be doing these themes for another year? I, like what? We're getting great suggestions on theme months. I want to get to the point where I would like us to once a month is over. And I don't know how feasible this is. Once a month is over. I want the, I want a, a vote for who gets to pick the next month. Mm. That's what I want. I want to get more voting involved. I'm a man of the polls. Yeah. And we did do the, we let the listeners pick another movie with Blank Man, and I feel like that right. went pretty well. Like we that didn't get another well. Teddy Rex situation, so we could bring that back. Like we have another double bonus next month. Mm. Yeah, I do like the idea of involving more people in the polls. Maybe that's a good way to kick off 2022, is to let somebody choose the whole month theme. Go from there. Yeah, I like that. All right. Ben Gordon at Praise the Gord. If Travolta is the face of cinephobe for bad movies, who is the face of cinephobe for enjoyable movies? I.e. Ben Stiller, Jack Black, Vince Vaughn, etc. I feel like we're going to have different answers. By all means, Zach, go go first. Go right ahead. I mean, it's Nick Cage, man. What, what's a Nick Cage movie we've done that we haven't enjoyed? They've all been bangers. They've all been files. Like Like, he is the king of this. He's the king of the enjoyable movie for Cinephobe. Like, 
the like this doesn't lie, right? Next, banger, knowing, banger, wicker man, banger, primal, ghost rider, mom and dad, jujitsu, snake eyes, kiss of death, gone in 60 seconds, ghost rider, spirit of vengeance. Like, we've enjoyed all of those. So to me, that's the guy. I agree with you that Cage and Travolta are the face. I won't even go so far as to agree with Ben Gordon here that Travolta is the face of bad movies. Because, like we said, all of these movies are are bad. Like that's the the qualifier. That's the point of the show. I think somebody that's batting a thousand, and this is kind of a future callback, is Sudeikis. I do think that he oh. has been pretty consistently hilarious in everything that he's been in. Yes, because he's the only person that made movie forty three enjoyable for me. Right, his little. His sketch in that movie was the best part of it. So he's re- he's way up there for me. And his catalog, I feel like we've mostly done his eligible movies. So I don't know if he's going to be coming up too much in the future. Right. But in my mind, he's somebody that you, me, and Amin all agree on is hilarious. Bateman. Bateman is up there too, and uh, I mean, I, d- I literally just watched the the original Horrible Bosses last night. We've been talking about Horrible Bosses two for so long. I wanted to to go back to the first one, and I do think that the plot is clever, but they do spend at least the thir- first thirty minutes of the movie setting it up. Yeah, it's too long of a setup. Yeah, Horrible Bosses two is really like, all right, we're just gonna get into this and yeah. start making jokes now. For Sadeka's future picks, we could do a good old fashioned orgy. He's in the Bounty Hunter. He's in the Ten, which is a bad movie. I've seen that. He's in Mother's Day, which will come around for a holiday. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's in Downsizing, and then everything else is pretty much too good. Okay, so that's not really like. Too much left on the board for him, I would say. Right. The rest of his really good stuff, I think, is too good for Cinephobe. So he he's somebody that I throw out there, but I think Owen Wilson is gaining a lot of steam. Owen Wilson's been fantastic. Bateman's definitely got some in the chamber. I know that. Extract is something that I've thought about throwing out there. Right. Uh, someone threw one at me, the X. People want us to do the change up with him and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, change up for sure. Bateman and Sudeikis are probably the guys right now for enjoyable. And Danny McBride, even though he's got four appearances, I don't feel like he's really been fully unleashed. Right. Like he's good and like Land of the Lost, obviously, is probably his best performance of the four. I don't know. Drill bit. He's really good. And Heartbreak Kid, he's funny, too. And he's playing kind of against type. He's funny, but he's not like McBride. But he's not like he does not like even half McBride in that one, right? Yeah, he's wearing like a polo shirt and he's he's all buttoned up. So I, right. I mean, it's definitely a funny guy. And there's some people who've made. I think Sudeikis has made the strongest impression up to this point, and I think there's some people on the board who could make a push depending on how this goes. You know who might be batting a thousand for uh, for appearances with enjoyable movies? Uncle Frank. Right. And I'm, Double Impact, <laughs> Tango and Cash, and Lawnmower Man. Yo, I'm in on all three of those. Uncle Frank is a Hall of Famer. Yes. And it's been it's been a while. It's been like a year since we've done an Uncle Frank movie. Yeah, but it's been a while. He really took over. And the, the fact that he's Uncle Frank. <laughs> yeah, we don't, I don't even know his real name. I just know him as And Uncle not Frank. his real name. Shows his icon status. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. To be honest... I think Ben Affleck has been worse than Travolta. 
Whoa, whoa. Okay, hold on. Like Ben Affleck has been bad. I mean, <laughs> in every movie. Like he's been bad. Yeah, well, yeah, he hasn't been good in any of the movies, that's for sure. <laughs> I guess he's okay in Smoking Aces, but that's because he, he dies killed. early. <laughs> yeah, he's got like two scenes and then he's dead. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, ben, Ben's definitely there. He just doesn't have the depth of catalog because we, we could do a whole other maybe two Travolta months. Right, yeah. And because he's, he's just, yeah, the volume is insane. Been hearing a lot of speed kills talk around the water cooler, so. Ooh, okay. I mean, I guess that could qualify for for water month because it's about speedboats. Oh man, I'm so excited for water month. I can't even tell you. Joe Brennan at Joe Brennan, Jay Brennan the third. What is one movie that, in hindsight, should have been a file? And for talk hoops, what is one movie that you should have phobed? The also, fuck does that mean? Can we get a Tony Medley month of movies that Tony has reviewed? The, the fans love Tony Medley, and they want more Tony Medley. And it's always amazing to me that the first... So once we discovered Tony Medley in Next, right, we ran off four straight Tony Medley movies. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. And then since that point, it's been kind of few and far between. Like, we, we did String 3 together... But that's one of those is including The Departed, which, but then other than that, it's like, yeah, every, every couple months we come back around to Tony. So Tony and Medley Month, great suggestion. I'm adding it to the calendar right now. But what's something that you would flip flop on from the past? Let's do both. Uh, something that you would phobe and something that you would file. Uh, you know, <laughs> I kind of want to say Gemini Man, but I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Uh, you know. I would consider a full sweep of Ballistic X vs. Sever. <laughs> it's a shit movie. <laughs> I mean, it's an absolute shit movie. But I did enjoy the experience of watching it and then podcasting it. Because as I watched it, I was excited about the podcasting part of it. That was a whole experience because that was, I believe, the first movie that wasn't available anywhere. Right. Right. So I had to send that to you guys. And it seemed like that was one that they're actually trying to bury <laughs> and make sure that no one ever saw again. Right. The the director named Chaos, who had some real moments of action. That's where Action Bukaki came from, I believe. Oh, that's right. That's a good pick. Uh, something that I would phobe. I feel like Amin really peer pressured us on Spies Like Us. Oh, wow. I feel like okay. it was early on. I don't really, I don't super remember it. And I, I don't think that I like hated it. But I do remember Amin really being like, come on, guys. It's not that bad. Like, <laughs> it, it's funny. You laugh, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> that, that'd be one that I'd consider. And then something that I would file, I think I would probably, I think I probably wish I'd filed Battlefield Earth. Oh, man, I can't believe you didn't. What a banger. Because that was that was an experience. And it, it kind of comes down to that or the fanatic for me. The fanatic, I was not I was oh not having God. it. How did you not love that movie? <laughs> I was so it's uncomfortable. So, it's so offensive. <laughs> it made me so really uncomfortable. <laughs> and then you and Amin come in and are just, oh, 
all about the Church of Moose. And I was like, what is this? He was, like a- he was, look, that character has carried us through so many moments. And that that's the thing, is that his legacy is very pervasive to this podcast. We've We've been talking about Moose. We talk about Moose all the time. Right. So I feel like that that should have been one. One I would phobe. I might phobe. I'm torn between. No, no, no. I'm not torn between this. I would phobe Jason X. <laughs> In retrospect, not a great movie. Yeah, I think that I would phobe Pluto Nash. Really? Interesting. Because that one was all based on expectations. I was expecting it to be right, right, dramatically right, right. worse than it was. But it was still very bad. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's terrible. It's really terrible. And that's one of the funnier examples in Hollywood of something that they knew was super bad and tried to keep away from releasing to the public. But even eventually when it still did come out, it still tanked. Would you say that Eddie Murphy's had a, a renaissance since like the dream girls? Coming to America sucked. It really did. And like yeah. Dolomite was okay. I See, I haven't seen that yet. I almost watched that the other day, but I haven't seen it yet. Adventures of Pluto Nash was definitely the end of a downward slope for Eddie. And I'm sure we'll get into Eddie Murphy month because at some point, because he's got a lot on the table. A lot. All right. So Coogs at Gordon Coogan, which was the favorite episode to make? Oh, man. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm looking through the list right now. The double impact episode was insane. <laughs> that that like, was I, I remember that one for sure. I was laughing Action a lot. Jackson. Action, Action Jackson, Jackson was, was an really amazing fun. one. This is more like the, you know, just the recording. Yeah. Cuz I'm going to be honest, like I had a lot of fun even though I phobed the crap out of this movie. I had a lot of fun producing and editing the What Men One episode. I feel okay. like it was a lot of fun. I know it's recency bias. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like I'm always adding things over time. So that was that was one. But like, that's a movie that really was kind of blah to me. Yeah. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a two hour pod. And you got angry Amin right off the top. And <laughs> the intro alone is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and so that one was a lot of fun. I mean, Hook. Hook was a lot of fun to produce. Hook was fun. I mean, look, the the fanatic was that was a fun episode to do. Oh, you know what was a fun episode? Johnny B. Good. Oh yeah, that was a fun episode to do. Because I think we were all a little surprised by uh-huh. how weird and amusing that one was. And yeah, how good RDJ's cocaine was. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. When you said the fanatic, that made me think of another question I think we had here. If we were ever to redo an episode, like we've talked about that, you know, Amin's talked about wanting to bring one back. Each Everybody brings one back. He's been thinking more to punish people. I think redoing the fanatic with like more drops and clips and yeah, all that, I think that would be a really good candidate. Is there one that you would want to redo? To bring back? absolutely to give it like the 100 episode cinephobe polish next <laughs> i want to redo next just because it was so early it was so early like it's so like it means audio surprise is horrible oh my god i think he was doing it on like 
iPhones, iPhone, like headphone earbuds or whatever. Um, like, yeah, I think the next, because I genuinely enjoy how fucking stupid that movie is. And I think we would have a lot of fun redoing it now. I think we did the reviews at the end of that. Maybe. Yeah. It might've been. The format wasn't even the same. Swordfish might be a fun one to redo. Swordfish was one of the first ones where I, I think even had clips. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause we clipped in the whole, the whole beginning speech, the right? opening monologue. We were like, all right, we're like, we just, yeah. we just need to play this. <laughs> So that, yeah, I think that would be a good one, too, because that one had a lot of, I mean, although you can't totally get the effects of the the blowjob hacking scene from a clip, that would be a good one to revisit, too. But yeah, any any of the ones in that first, like, 15 to 20, I think could use a, a good redo. Yeah. Would end up pretty interesting. So something to consider. All right. Peter Fuentes, DMD at Dr. Peter Fuentes. Will we be getting an M. Night Shyamalan month? Oh. The short answer is yes. Because as we talked about on the After Earth podcast, his movies just dip down perfectly in Rotten Tomatoes scores. Mm -hmm. Like they just get progressively worse and worse. I mean, people really want us to do The Happening. I've gotten that a lot. Old is... At 50%. Mm, mm. So it didn't make it. Yeah. Glass is, Glass is 37. So he's definitely in the game. I mean, he also did The Last Airbender, which I've heard is like one of the biggest pieces of shit like ever. Yeah, the, I've never I've never seen it, but people hate it. Because people really love that anime, and so he just really butchered it. Right. Lady in the Water, The Happening, The Last Airbender, Glass. Wouldn't mind doing After Earth again. After After Earth. Just to piss Amin off. We'd have to do every movie that he has that qualifies, but it could definitely happen. Absolutely, yeah. Dahlia Lux also asked, most importantly, when will M. Night Shyamalan month finally happen? But she also asks, what is your absolute favorite and absolute least favorite thing that you've reviewed? And also, what is something you're truly sad hasn't made it on the show yet? Favorite thing we reviewed is probably Horrible Bosses 2. Like, I watch that movie at least once a month. I will throw it on randomly all the time. Like, I fucking love that movie. It makes me laugh so much. So that's an easy answer for me. I mean, least favorite thing, I'm really mad I've watched Cats twice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was upsetting. Although it did give us the Cinefeud, uh <laughs> Jenny and E. Dots. <laughs> Jenny Any Dip and Dots McPoop Face Bridgerton. Yeah. It did give us that moment, so that's it's a little redeeming, but yeah, like that I'm upset that I watched Cats twice. I think my favorite movie that we've done is Lawnmower Man. Oh, yeah. I rewatched it with the the director's cut. It's a movie that I had no knowledge of before it came up in really oh, on okay. these lists and stuff like that and i didn't know it existed there's parts of it that i think are actually pretty good and then there's parts of it that are so utterly ridiculous <laughs> the cgi is so bad man like, it, so i think that just kind of hits both aspects of what we do on this show which is like try to find things that are underrated but also find right. things that are so bad that it's just completely ridiculous and I kind of would want to throw Showgirls in there too, but 
I knew about Showgirls before, and so like, right. Lawnmower Man was like a real surprise. And then worst, I don't know, man. There's so many. You know, I mean, you know what sucked? It was awful to do was um, Valentine's Day. That was really bad. That was that a was grind, man. So that was a grind. Man. It's so long. There are so many characters. That was the thing. The All the characters. So, like, having to keep us abreast of all of the different plot lines was a big pain. Ooh. I mean, Delta Forest was also really bad. Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice might have been the closest I was to, like, actually throwing in the towel because it was so long. <laughs> That one I loved just because it was it was to really upset everybody. The fact that it was the extended edition really kind of that, put it over the yeah. top. It's like <laughs> it was already it was already two and a half or three hours long with they tacked on another chunk. Yeah, I'm kinda I'm kinda with you on Valentine's Day though. Like that's a movie like I would never I would never never touch. Never watch again. Yeah. And we we might have to do Mother's Day with Jason Sudeikis at some point, yeah, which, which is the same exact shit. So, or there's, isn't there like a New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or some shit yeah, like that yeah. too? There's although, one of those, yeah. Although for our New Year's episode, I do want to do 200 cigarettes. Oh, because okay. it's a it's a New Year's movie, and people were actually throwing that out there for rom com month. So that's what got it back on my radar. But that <laughs> it's got Affleck, it's got. <laughs> Paul Rudd, Kate Hudson, Gabby Hoffman. It's like one of those big ensemble cast movies. I hate those, man. But they're so fun. It's just one night in New York, Zach. God. Anything could happen. Except a good movie. And then Dahlia asks, what's something you're truly sad hasn't made it on the show yet? Oh, but that's easy for me. Well, I have two answers, but I won't give one of them because it's a revenge pick that I know is going to send a mean over the edge. Um, oh, he's not going to listen to this. No, but I can't risk someone tweeting it to him or sending a right. message to him. So, um, Howard the Duck. I really want to do Howard the Duck. I got, I got, I got uh, nixed on that when I tried to do it for Superhero Month. Yeah, for me, I mean, there's a couple people that we've had kind of put aside for the right situation. Waiting is one that I really want to do. Yeah, we all want to do it. I think there's a couple movies that we all want to do, right? That we haven't done for a reason. And right. wait, waiting is one of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rich Richie McGivney at Rich McGivney. Give us one character from a cinephobe movie that you wish were a real human being and perhaps had some kind of friendly or familiar relationship with. Or maybe just to know that they are out there somewhere. Oh, that's a great question. Demi Moore, disclosure. <laughs> really like to fuck Demi Moore from disclosure. <laughs> Oh man. Um as soon as I read that question, there's only one person that I knew he was trying to get us to talk about, and that's Moose. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you just want to know that Moose is out there somewhere living his well, life? Especially because that's not too far from my my apartment. Like that's like ten <laughs> minutes. Like I can get to him pretty easily. But I think my answer is going to be somewhere out there. Action Jackson, oh, saving the day, you know. God, yeah, I just feel a lot safer. I might move to Detroit. That would do it. Yeah, that would put it over the top. Yeah, I'd feel safe. Or, or Mr. Ed. 
<laughs> Hello, I'm Mr. Ed. Another good one would be Babs from the Goods, Catherine Hahn. Oh, yeah. Babs from the Goods. Wouldn't mind buying a car from her. Kind of just because I want to be friends with uh, Catherine Hahn. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, look, it's it's villainous, but I wouldn't mind knowing that the Rumble is out there. You know? Mm. Like the Rumble. He'd be in jail, though, at this point, right? Like, or is he dead? Did he die at the end of Money Plane? That's the thing we don't know. We don't know if he defended the house or we don't know if he if he mm. got got. The last thing we see is just him shooting that gun and yelling, right? That's it? Right, exactly. We see him yelling his ass off and shooting a machine gun. <laughs> All right, Noventa Uno at 91 Slanderer. We get in a horror month? Yeah, absolutely. We have it on the list. I mean, we'll definitely be doing another Halloween movie for the the bonus. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't seem like any of the three of us are really horror movie. Oh, guys. Disagree. I love horror movies. I like getting scared in in, in a movie. I like allowing myself to jump and get scared. I love that little rush of adrenaline. I definitely was not <laughs> into them. For most of my life, my dad showed me Alien or something when I was fourteen, maybe, and that scared me pretty good. Like I, I didn't like the sensation of being scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now, like I can get away with it if I'm just making jokes the whole time. So obviously that'll be no issue here, especially because we won't be doing any like good ones. It's never been a type of genre that I've sought out, but obviously there's a rich catalog of cinephobe eligible horror mistakes so we don't have it on the on deck right now but it will it will come around eventually i'm definitely open to horror month and then we'll just have to explain to a mean it's not horror month it's horror month right yeah horror month i don't know if we get through <laughs> i don't know if he gets through it like jack himself to death that would be problematic uh, i'm problematic he's a problem Speaking of problematic, Mike Techner at M. Techner, who is your most problematic crush? Oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think, like, who problematic women are. Can I Google that? <laughs> problematic I mean, like, in, like, real women. life, it'd be, like, what, like, Stacy Dash would be, like, a problematic crush? Yeah, that would be one. This is a podcast called Problematic Women. That doesn't really help me. Um... <laughs> Although I guess check it out. I don't know. It might be good. It's the first thing that came up. Problematic. Definitely not Wendy Williams. Not Demi Lovato. I don't know who that is. I don't know that I have one. That's a tough one. Maybe like problematic people we like. I like that there's I found a list. <laughs> Your fave is problematic.tumblr.com. So Tumblr's still a thing. And it's just a list of people, but it doesn't give a reason for any of them. Is Jennifer Lawrence problematic? No. Okay. I do like me some J-Law. I do also have a big crush on Jennifer Lawrence. Madonna? Is she problematic? I've been watching some like late 80s, early 90s Madonna clips and stuff. I've been listening to a lot of Madonna albums. That was a sexual tornado. Madonna was terrifying but in a great way i definitely really like her music and kind of oblivious to how 
famous she was i guess like she was already she was already like coming you know, down yeah. from her fame like when i became aware of her the 80s must have just been a time man <laughs> prince michael jackson and madonna like i think like all three of those people are better than anybody i had in my life look i'm not proud of this but Lindsay lowen still does it for me there's your problematic crush yeah yep it wouldn't take much convincing okay i understand the issues of everything involved but there's something about it i don't know i mean i still have a crush on megan fox even though she's dating machine gun kelly which yeah. i think by extension makes her problematic <laughs> i think yeah you that's hard to ignore right got to the bottom of that one yeah yeah Lindsay lohan that's that one takes the cake <laughs> yeah that one's rough Anne Hathaway, do people, is she problematic or do people just not like her? Nah, people just don't like her. Okay, because I'm all in on Like, Amin doesn't like her. Amin doesn't like a lot of people who are white. Mostly women. White women. Delta at Alzdra NSFW, has the existence of a Tony Medley review ever swayed your choice of a movie? (laughs) That's a good question. I think that there was, back when we were free picking, I would occasionally tee one up because i saw that tony reviewed it right spencer confidential was i watched it i looked it up after i saw that it qualified and then i looked it up and saw that it had a tony medley review that might have been one i don't know if he swayed me at all (laughs) maybe catwoman maybe he was on the fence with catwoman gave it a five out of ten i'm the only one that filed it i stand by that file yeah i don't i don't know if he's ever swayed me and it's definitely never been like I was going to file this movie until I saw that Tony Medley hated it, and then I phobed it. Right. That Usually that happened. makes me feel better about yeah. liking a movie. <laughs> what if you liked a movie and Tony also liked it? Well, so that happened with Horrible Bosses, too. He gave it a 9 out of 10, you know? Right. And we were like, Tony, he gets it. Right. <laughs> I mean, next, he gave it an 8 out of 10, you know? Sometimes we will try to get him involved in the pod. We're always excited to have him back, but... His thoughts don't necessarily totally have a huge effect. His views don't reflect that of the podcast. <laughs> Licky, Icky, Icky at Brian Licky, your favorite cinephobe soundbite or callback? It's recency bias, but the tension drop always gets me. Especially sometimes you'll just do the and you'll just do that and cut it off. And that, uh, that I really enjoy. And then, um, I'm still getting a lot of laughs out of two can play this game. You piece of shit. (laughs) That was such a, that was like an all time moment for me. When he got fooled by the internet and him thinking out loud, the process of like, Oh "Oh, no, did I get fooled? Cause you and I both went to the Twitter feed of Joss Whedon and I'm like, I don't see shit on here. There's man. (laughs) What are you talking about, man? I haven't gotten to use this one that often, but there's a drop that I used when Amin was telling me how to do the bossa nova. And I said, right, produce the podcast. I'll write that down. And then it just happened. Future callback in the next episode. Synergy. Like the the same joke has, has come back. I feel like in the last year I've been trying to work music a bit more into the mix Mm -hmm. and that's been fun yeah problematic has been problematic song is great and i like in the the what uh, the what men one episode 
the sports the, the like yeah that, that was thing. i've totally forgotten about that i always like to try to come up with new ones but also uh, also a fun game that i've been doing is i will watch a movie or a tv show or something that's not in the canon and, but then there'll be like a moment that i'm like this could be a drop yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i've only done it a couple times but i have you blew it which is Robert De Niro in Copland, just right. like yelling at Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> oh, you blew it! You blew it! So, I, I I dropped that one in every once in a while. So I always I always like trying to find one that uh kind of is coming out of left field and and is new. Killer Mikey at Killer Mikey One. What is Cinephobe? Oh, Cinephobe is a podcast where Amin Al Hassan and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. We try to ascertain whether or not they're properly poorly rated. Or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. That's Cinephobe produced by Anthony Mays. Wherever you get podcasts. I'm looking at a screenshot on my Time Hop app of a conversation of us from a year ago. And it's me saying, the more I think about it, the more I'm annoyed by Amin pretending to play the good guy here. What is this? And then it's a blanked out pick. What a fraud. And then you say that Amin stole my pick, and he says I didn't steal shit. A year ago? Yeah, and he said he and I said he picked movie forty three last time, and he said if you didn't keep giving us awful pick after awful pick, I wouldn't have to save the day. You're welcome, by the way. So Amin just stealing, just thievery. It's really kind of annoying huh. that he tried to play the good guy. Did he steal the breakup? Yes, that's what it was. He stole the breakup. That's some classic Amin shenanigans. Because we've been talking about the breakup mm-hmm. for a while. And then Amin's like, oh, I'm going to pick the breakup. Broad. All right. Vac Hami at Tweet About Nothing. When will we get a non-white actor month? Whoa. Which Whoa. is fair, to be fair. Whoa. It has been Cage, Arnold, Affleck, and Travolta. But the answer to that is very soon. <laughs> Like, very, very soon. Yeah, we'll get you a Scarlett Johansson month pretty soon, yeah. We'll have Emma Stone playing an Asian girl in Hawaii (laughs) (laughs) coming up right next. And which movie from the first 10 episodes would you change your phobe or file rating for? Oh, change. Okay. So just from the first 10 now. First 10? Um... (laughs) So that, for me, I think is going to be Spies Like Us. Not Jupiter Ascending? No. Sticking with that one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sticking with it. You know what? Mr. Magoo. <laughs> I'd file that. <laughs> oh my God. It was our first all red sweep because Kangaroo Jack Day USA doesn't count because for some reason we didn't let you pick during that time. And so, yeah, I would change Mr. Magoo. No, I'll, I'll leave spots like us. I, I would file Wicker Man just for him. Wicker Man's good, fucking man. Beating the shit out of those women. <laughs> he just comes up and clocks that, that rampage that he goes on. Oh my god! But I remember, I remember why I phobed it, and it's because I watched a version that fucked with the ending and didn't oh, have the right. B scene yeah. right. So yeah, like yeah. if that scene had been in there, I think I file it easily because that was the part I was looking forward to the whole time. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> you bitches! <laughs> you bitches! <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Fuchs at Koozie Six One Eight. Was there a stranger cinephobe take than Darth Amin's clone sex fantasy? Oh my Truly God. made the Pluto Nash podcast legendary. I still don't understand what it is about clones that turns him on. 
Does he view them as like sex slaves? Clearly. Because that's what Jay Moore was doing. But right. The idea of cloning one hot woman instead of just two hot women. I, I don't see the I don't see how that's so much better. It actually seems like it might be worse because they would be on the same page and like could come up with some sort of scheme. And then they probably don't want to be cloned. That's the other thing. Yeah, how do you know they want to be cloned? That's weird. Multiplicity, whenever you have a clone situation, the clones usually don't do what you want them to do. No, they certainly don't, Steve. You've created a clone. You're like, okay, cool. I clone this person. Now I can do whatever I want, and this clone can do what I'm supposed to do. But then the clone has the same motivations as you. Right. And now I'm thinking back, was one of the women a clone of the other, or were they both clones of another woman who wasn't there? Great question. I think it was a woman and her clone, but I think that if you were going to do that situation, you would probably want two clones and get the original the hell out of there. Right. Absolutely. That would be the situation. Yeah. I don't know if there's a stranger take than that. I'm trying to think of Amin, what, some of the bullshit Amin said. Him filing what what men want is up there, but not, nah, quite, not, not as quite as disturbing as... That was racially motivated. He's lied a bunch of times. Oh, he lies <laughs> <laughs> constantly. He's a repeat offender when it comes yeah, to just oh completely bullshitting his way to a, a phobe file. <laughs> but in terms of like strangest thoughts yeah wanted to fuck clones would not it's gonna be tough to beat tad tilton at dat not lit if cinephobe was a current nba player who would it be thinking face luca hmm yeah kd can hit from anywhere yeah can hit from anywhere unguardable some people question their online habits feet are a little too big yep have you seen this thing of how J.R. Smith is going back to school and, and trying to play Love golf? It. Love it. Absolutely. Welcome to Cinephobe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a current NBA player. So, I mean, J.R. Smith is always just the great default answer for everything because his antics are so great. But it's hard to see a flaw in Cinephobe's game. Yeah, it's pretty perfect. All right. Pit Joker at A.W. Mueller. If you could remake a movie previously on Cinephobe, which movie would you remake? And how would you fix it so that it gets above 40% on Rotten Tomatoes? Interesting. Interesting question. It's got to be a bad movie. Not like one of the ones we really liked, because those are ones we're not sure how they qualify. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that makes sense. It doesn't have to be, but like, how would you make Horrible Bosses 2 better? Right, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. So it's a perfect comedy to me. Oh man. Is there a way to fix soul man? Probably not. <laughs> That's a tough one. That's a toughie. Yeah. Make him not in blackface. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that could just yeah. have him go to Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. That could be, this is a different movie. That's what that is. I mean, Johnny B. Good did get remade. It's called, he got game. Yep. It's the exact same movie. A movie like the fan. I'm not really sure why it didn't hit it's not like we could have put bigger stars right like the stars are who you'd want them to be in the role there i mean money plane give it a fucking budget (laughs) and get the wrestler out of the cockpit 
pit? Yeah, even a thousand dollars more, right? <laughs> Actually, if you remade Money Plane and you had Carl Weathers instead of whatever the fuck's name is, yeah, Edge or whatever. Okay, Money Plane. You keep Kelsey Grammer. Keep Kelsey Grammer for sure, because we've seen Carl Weathers battle a middle-aged white man before, and it was great. It was great. You get a real plane. <laughs> you get more than a small studio in Reseda to film. And you have, like, a casino on a plane that actually looks cool. Yes. And the layout of a plane that actually makes sense. Where were the sleeping quarters? <laughs> I'm just thinking of when they're throwing the money. Yes. <laughs> And it's just into a it's just into a dark area of the stage. And you get actual Baker Mayfield instead of fat Baker Mayfield to make an appearance. <laughs> We're about two years away from him being eligible to be in movies like that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of remaking Money Plane. Money Plane with a budget. I don't think that it's that bad of a pitch. No, it's actually a pretty solid concept. Sky Heist. You know? Yeah. Also, make it seem like it's actually dangerous people, like they said. Right. Oh, this is the most dangerous criminals in the world, and they're all on this plane gambling. <laughs> it was like a bunch of extras and a dude in a cowboy hat. Keep the Lawrence brother who plays the cowboy. Keep him exactly how he is. I don't want that changed at all. I can't same lose. Performance, same performance, same wardrobe, same accent, same lines, everything. Same person. Keep that as is. Everything else can change, except for Kelsey Grammer. I definitely think that that movie has the most potential to grow. Ballistic is another one. Like if they had a script for Ballistic, yes, like that might work. Yeah, for sure. Because Ballistic, you could do a lot like. Like the movie Assassins, right? Future Cinephobe. All right, that's a good question. His other question was, when did movies get good? When did they stop making them like they used to? Which I think is a contradictory. When did movies get good? Yeah. Did you not pay attention to Travolta Month where most of them were current movies? <laughs> are you behind on, our, on your Cinephobe feed? What's happening here? <laughs> Speaking of people who are behind on their Cinephobe feed, I had somebody recommend that we do the movie How High? today oh we should do that yeah yeah if only if only we thought yeah. of that yeah there's some dog shit movies like a lot of the a lot of like look i know people like them and i'm not saying they're not entertaining on some level but like a lot of those marvel movies aren't very good they're way too long like the writing's poor it's just like the action's cool for the most part right for a lot of people like they're good for comic book movies but like it's a lot of like weird performances in them the thing that marvel has done really well is just They've gotten a lot of people to buy in and watch a lot of them because yeah. there's the continuing storylines. You know, right. that's like the biggest thing that they're doing. Which is like, it's crazy to me. It's cra it's fucking crazy that in however long movies have been around, you know, almost a hundred years, no one's ever had that plan before. <laughs> Let's connect a bunch of movies. Let's tell smaller stories that are part of a bigger story. Right. Yeah. Star Wars, I guess. Kind of did that, but he just went so nuts and he waited like 25 years and then kind of just came back with a bunch right. of crazy shit. To be fair, Valentine's Day did that a little bit. Yeah, all in one movie. <laughs> right. 
Imagine if Valentine's Day was a franchise. <laughs> you got your Ashton Kutcher movie. You got your Jessica Biel movie. <laughs> and then they team up at the end. All right. Ken Blazemore had a bunch of questions, but which cinephobe movie would you pick to watch with its director? You can ask any questions you want. I got a lot. <laughs> I got a lot of questions for M. Night on After. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of questions. To be fair to him, I feel like the the person you really have to have questions for is Will Smith. I don't want Will spinning for me. Okay. In Scientology mode. I you want... kind of want to get to M. Night and be like, what? What did you have to give up here? What did you have to concede on? What did Will Smith make you do? <laughs> right, exactly. Show That's me on the doll know. where the man touched you. <laughs> I'd love to sit down with, with Chaos or with Pitoff. <laughs> Just what the fuck? What happened to your career? Yes, absolutely. Whoever the fuck made Teddy Rex? What an amazing sentence to say out loud. I'd love to sit down with Chaos. <laughs> Just have a, you know, a nice calm moment. Yeah. Chaos. Those are the two directors that kind of come to my mind. The forefront. Ask a bunch of questions. Fred Durst. I got a lot of questions for E on Gotti. Yeah. Well, as we found out in our bonus episode, doesn't sound like E was doing too much directing. He was mostly just fundraising. That's true. And they were rolling camera. But, you know, I'd love to sit next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst and hear him argue over who <laughs> she gave head to first. Or Fred Durst. Talk to him about the fanatic. The artist. The artist. Yeah. Fred Durst. He also asked, most painful movie that you've watched? I kind of said Batman versus Superman. I truly hate R.I.P.D. That, Cats, Valentine's Day. Those were the most excruciating ones to get through. Good luck, Chuck. Good luck. I mean, good luck, Chuck. is awful, but I feel like it was quick. Am I misremembering how long that movie is? No, you're probably right. It was a long time before we even got to like a two-hour movie. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there hasn't been too many movies that have broken me, but I feel like Batman versus Superman was closest just because it was yeah, so the extended cut long. was yeah. The edit was that see that had to have been excruciating. That was the the end of the road because I was I was very done by that point. Yeah. And then cast your ideal cinephobe movie from the catalog, a director, a writer, a lead actor, a co-star, comic relief, and main protagonist. I don't understand how lead actor and main protagonist are different, but maybe antagonist. Let's say antagonist. Hit me one at a time. With so the director. What what director are we putting Ooh, on? Chaos. Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Writer. I think it's Skip Woods. It's it's gotta be Skip. I've never sung a writer's <laughs> praises quite like I have. Right. Just Skip. Yeah, it's gotta be Skip Woods. Just because the cocaine was so pure. Yeah. Plus, you're you're gonna get a means. Skip Woods, FHM, writer's room <laughs> impersonation there. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, next category. Next is lead actor. Oh, Cage. Obviously, Cage. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Co-star. Ooh. That's clearly the thing when we release the retroactive ass on, ass off. Yeah. That's coming up soon. Like, he doesn't have a lot of competition in the movies that he's in. <laughs> that's true. I, I mean, Carl Weathers, you know? Carl Weathers, yeah. yeah. So we're getting into like an action yeah, for duo sure. type thing. All right, and then Comic Relief. Sudeikis. Sudeikis. Yeah. 
Doesn't matter how we get him in there. Main antagonist. Who's the best bad guy in Bolo. the history of Cinephobe? Oh, Bola. Oh, my God. This yeah. is a movie. Yeah. This is a movie. And then he, he didn't put this in there, but love interest. Oh, Carla Gugino. Carla. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Do we dare make her married to Nick Cage? Here's what I think. Married to Nick Cage. No, married to Carl Weathers used to be with Nick Cage. Mm. So yeah. it's like a, it's a Jade situation. Jade situation for sure. I wouldn't mind getting Gina Gershon involved. Yeah, I like that. That's greenlit. Yeah. Whatever your film studio was, that, that one movie, <laughs> Hercules Films or whatever the fuck. Right. <laughs> we're getting this made. Jimmer didn't ask a question. Jimmer, Jim Jimson Jr. He just said, movie pitch. Armageddon 2 as a small Oscar bait movie focusing on Affleck's character struggle with addiction and estrangement from his daughter. No action, just a wrestler-style meditation on the toxicity of fame and failure to live up to expectations. I mean, Affleck gets greenlit. Let me go ahead and phobe that. Armageddon 2. Julian. Yo. What's up, man? What up, what up? What's going on? We've been doing a nice little mailbag here. We've answered lots of questions. But, Julian, I'm going to ask you, what is a cinephobe movie that you would 100% file and 100% phobe? Well, I got I, I to gotta go with Hot Rod on, on the file. What? Woo, woo! Oh, for the phobe? Yeah, for the phobe. Got it. Yeah, for the Makes file. Um, grew up on that movie. High school dumb movie. Bay Area Kid. Lonely Island. Those are my guys. Did you guys? Did you two just not have other movies available to you? Yeah, it was rough out here, man. Man, you know, you go to Blockbuster and everything all the shelves else are empty. <laughs> it's a competitive market, <laughs> but they got like three hot rods sitting right there. Yeah, yeah I get it. And then you just don't give it back, you know, because you don't right. want to. You don't want to go back and like return it, and then can't risk have it. nothing. So right. And then Phobe, Julian? Cats. Cats was probably... You watched most... Cats? No. Have you, watched, I... have you watched most of the movies? Most of them at this point. Early okay. on, no. But yeah. uh, I'd say since the pandemic, I definitely locked in. And Cats, I, I just checked out the second half. I was, I was playing <laughs> chess most of the, most of the movies. <laughs> I, I wish I could have been so lucky. <laughs> oh, that was awful. So you said that you didn't always watch the movies. So how long did you listen and not watch the movies? And how would you relate that to your experience of watching them now? Well, I used to just listen it, listen to it while doing busy work. You know, just mm -hmm. like building furniture and, and moving stuff around, working on stuff. And I can kind of visualize stuff. And then like maybe a year would pass and I'd, I'd check out a movie and it's, i'd have like the same notes too you know it, it's one of those situations where uh the podcast is you, you kind of remember stuff because of the laughs and then you go back and in, into the movie and and uh at a later date and it kind of all clicks um but I, I think it's way better if you if you watch the movie before um so i'll, I'll definitely push it now so like Last Wednesday, I think I was up till two watching uh, What Men Want. That was, uh, <laughs> but it was worth it, you know. Next morning, uh, cranked up the pod and it was it was a good listen. After different approaches, your be your favorite thing now is to watch the movie almost as close as you can before the pod comes out. Then exactly, 
like right before the drop, close to the better. Did you feel like when you listened first and then watched, it kind of distorted your watching of the movie? Like you were just waiting for certain things to happen? Yeah, either either you're waiting for things to happen or things happen and you're like, oh, I remember them talking about that. Or that that's like, that rings a bell. It's like a deja vu moment. What's a movie that you watched? I don't know. Is there a movie that you watched like a year after listening to a pod? I got one. Teddy Rex. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched the YouTube version one and, and that oh, literally no. like dropped my uh, my eye vision, I think. It it was yeah. a, it was a super <laughs> strain. That's a rough one. Yeah, we all we all deserve <sighs> to let Ike have it for that. Ike you can play that game, you piece of shit. We we were gonna let listeners like pick movies a lot often yeah. enough. Yeah, like often enough, and he literally ruined it on the first try. <laughs> was that episode two or three? That was really no, early. It was early, but no, that's um twenty three. Episode twenty three. Oh uh, yeah, so just yeah. two and three together. Combine yeah. them. Or the twenty third movie because we had some double episodes, yeah. Still basically the only straight to VHS movie we've done. Because it's that sweet spot of it's VHS not streaming, a colossal mistake. The most expensive straight to VHS movie ever made. Teddy Rex. I have two DVD copies. <sighs> I kind of want one. You know what? You can have one. You can. Have, I will just send you one. It's yours. Frame it. All right, Julian. Do you have a Do you have a question? Yeah, I, I wrote down a question this time. So, if you have one, what's the seminal movie like growing up that kind of flipped the switch to to you guys like being able to watch a movie ironically or like so it's so bad it's good but like what's the movie that interesting made you see that because i know people that don't watch movies like that that's a good question a future cinephobe that i watched a bunch as a kid i owned it was dude where's my car yeah that used to be on like either a movie channel or like TBS or something all the time. I watched that a lot on TV. And I don't know. I don't know if the first five, 10 times, you know, however many times I watched it, I was watching it ironically. But what's funny is I remember my dad would, would watch. And I know that there's no chance that he enjoyed that movie, (laughs) but (laughs) there's a couple scenes that, you know, he thought were funnier that he would, he and I would like, do the bits or whatever and so right. i kind of feel like i feel like that was kind of like a a turning point one but i'm trying to think of like later on if there was a movie where i was like actually ripping on it yeah i think the first one i was truly aware of because they're also like there was a long time where i was just like this movie's great and then you go back and watch it later on in life and you're like wow i was an idiot <laughs> um but actually one we've done is i i I think the earliest movie I remember watching ironically was Swordfish where I was like, I knew this was shit. And yet I loved the hell out of it because it was so bad. I kind of feel like even though, even though it's not a cinephobe eligible movie, just in terms of like the way that it landed, I think when fast five, the opening scene with the train Mm-hmm. And then there's all that action and like Paul Walker gets off there in the car and then the car just goes over the cliff and they're just falling for like a minute and then they land and then there's 50 people with guns pointed at them like at the right. bottom of I, I was laughing so hard. Why? It's a good action. 
What are you talking about? Because it was so absurd. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Perfect movie. And I loved every second of it. But that was the point where I'm like, oh, wow. Like, mov- movies can be hilarious when they're not trying to be. I think that was the realization there. Julian, what's yours? I shouldn't count Mystery Science Theater, though, like, because oh, it kind of pioneered the whole thing. But right. if I am going to count that, um, I got to go with the movie which was on this island earth 1955 and it wouldn't even qualify for cinephobe but i watched that multiple multiple times and it kind of just got me into you know picking apart movies like that but if i was going to choose a proper movie probably birdemic birdemic's <laughs> mm, a good one uh yeah plan nine from outer space i guess is in that because that was the one that everyone was watching ironically as like a throwback that's definitely in there for sure yeah my dad was a big ed wood fan he had a plan nine from outer space dvd that i believe had pink fur on it <laughs> the case itself was like like a pink fluffy pillow but he was all he was all about that i don't think i've ever seen that one though and it doesn't qualify which is too bad yo yo this is lou yeah, my name's actually Mike, but yeah. I go okay. What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? Lou Lumenic? Yeah, man. In the New York no, Post? Just, just, just Lou Diamond Billups, a combination of the finest thespian of our and all times, and, and Chauncey Billups. You probably have heard of him. So, Mike, how's it going, man? Welcome to the, the Cinephobe Mailbag. We've also got Julian on the line here. Hey, Julian. How's it going? So, right when Julian came on, I asked him, and I'm going to ask you now, what is... The movie that we've done on Cinephobe that is, you're all in as a phobe, and you're all in as a file. All right, let me look. If I'm going to watch some of this dog shit, and then listen to two hours of you guys in a way more entertaining manner describe this dog shit, I'm going to pick the, the latter. But I would say that Batman and Robin is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's exceptionally bad and i remember not being appalled by it but just bored as fuck and i'll tell you another an interesting story i went to see for a birthday party when i was like 10 years old the movie enemy no sorry enemy at the gates which is like some sniper nonsense yeah that turned out to actually be good but i didn't have the attention span so i was listening to the radio like on headphones like on a little walkman and someone like nudged me and i just yelled I'm listening to Boston because I was like a dad rock fan even at the time. My dad. Um, yeah, Batman and Robin is dog ass. Honestly, dude, I fucking love Saving Silverman. I always have. Great movie. I was one of the moments in my life that shattered me to my core was when I discovered that Jason Biggs isn't actually Jewish, even though he only <laughs> plays Jewish characters in movies. So. I am choosing to ignore that reality and live in mine where he is. But uh, yeah, Sammy Silverman's amazing. Talk about that. All right. So you, you're saying that you would prefer to just listen to the pod than put yourself through the, the experience of watching some of these movies. Yes, especially because the plot in most of them is so either irrelevant or just horrendous that I don't care if I get spoiled. So if I am intrigued by your discussion, I'll watch the movie. 
Oh, also, Hot Hot is a hard file. That movie's amazing. Um, like, I had never even heard of Soul Man, and then I watched it because you guys talked about it. <laughs> That's a rough one. Yeah. I can't believe I'm being picked up. I can. I mean, you guys, you guys know him. <laughs> so. You fell for it. You fell for that one because Zach. Zach <laughs> ah, who's who remembers at this point? It's so long ago. Who remembers? Let's you just move play on. That game. Oh, you picked that one, Zach. Oh, uh, I don't know who did. I don't remember honestly. I think yeah, I picked it, how high. It wasn't Black History Month or anything like that either. No. Yeah. I tried to pick the movie Soul. Good movie. Yeah, it definitely doesn't qualify. Yeah. That was good. Good representation of New York too. That was really cool to see it in like CGI like that. I enjoyed that. So Julian, I feel like you've been you've been along for the ride for the the whole time. True. Is there anything that's developed in the evolution of the show that you like a lot that you that you really look forward to at this point? I like the drops. You know, the producer drops. Uh, I always look forward to the Michael Jordan glass half full. Like I, it's it's an amazing sound and it brings a smile to my face every week. Um, the golden dumpster has been good. Um, just uh, you know, trying to pick something good out of each piece of shit. Like they're not each piece; they're all turds in their own special way. So just finding that one redeeming. Do, is there? Do you think we should have more awards? Like, did you like the the creation of ass on ass off? That was great, yes. And that that kind of just developed out of a bit too. But I I do like just picking out the bright spots and the in the low the low lights. And then Mike, when did you start listening? Like, what was the first episode that you listened to? How high? Oh, there you go. Yeah. We hooked you with a movie that you really liked already. Yeah, and I still remember laughing at. I think Zach asked. Like, what kind of person would intentionally sign up to make a dating profile on a site called chickenheads.com? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. I remember, I was, like, walking home. I don't know where I was. And, like, I was stopping into the MLB store to, like, buy a Mets hat, and I was listening to this, and I just, like, started laughing like an idiot. And nobody else was there because no one buys that kind of stuff. So that was okay, but... Like, I vividly remember that experience of just, like, laughing my ass off. And, um, Maze, for you, like, I have been listening to old episodes, and the stuff that you've added has really been awesome. Like, the whole thing is just so good. Was it disorienting to go back and listen? Like, what's the yes. earliest one you listened to? All the way. Oh, you listened to them all? Um, and that's, no, I haven't listened to all yet, but I'm working through it, and the improvement is incredible. And both, I mean, your chemistry was always pretty good, but I guess you just like figured out what you wanted to do, and it's become really awesome. What was the funniest going back in the archives experience for you? I mean, Showgirls is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel like we did that one too early, man. Yeah, we might have to redo that one too. <laughs> one of the questions from earlier in the mailbag was like which which episodes would you want to redo and honestly any of those first like i'd like to redo swordfish 15 as well. to 20 like there's a lot of potential there yeah yeah white chicks <laughs> i do not want to redo that one which i like watched on mtv over the course of four hours because there were so many ads <laughs> which 
questionable investment of time. And also Heartbreak Kid, when Jerry Stiller is just talking about crushing pussy. And, like, that is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> you, Jerry Stiller's an all-timer. Yeah. Oh, my God. R.I.P. Seriously. D. <laughs> That's an example of a movie that there's no fucking way I'm ever watching. Though. Don't. Like, don't. I, I do not watch it. There's no, no, there's no chance. It's so bad. <laughs> there's absolutely no chance. I don't even know how you guys discover some of this shit. This was only for the the critics, but at one point on Rotten Tomatoes, I just like went through page after page and just like saved onto a list all of the movies that were under 40% and it was 500 or something. Yeah, with RIPD, I watched it a long time ago. I watched it like five or six years ago and it was because like, oh, Ryan Reynolds, I think he's hilarious. What? How bad could it be? Even though I'd heard it was bad. Jeff Bridges, he's great. Exactly. He doesn't make bad choices. Turns out pretty horrible. Ryan Reynolds has a lot left on the board. I imagine so. He's got the terrible Green Lantern movie. Oh. I feel like Van Wilder has Van Wilder qualifies. Van Wilder's got to be wildly inappropriate at this point. I mean, yeah, both from a misogyny perspective, I won't try to imitate the imaging, but, uh, and also the very over the top Indian character that is. Yeah, it's, it's got to be super racist, super misogynistic. It's got to be bad. Tell you what, though, Golden Dumpster is that bulldog Jizzy Claire. Uh, Lock it in. I was going to go with Michael Olo Candy being in the movie, but sure. Oh, that what? Also, yeah. I didn't even remember that. The Candyman? Yeah, Candyman, Quentin Richardson, and Darius Miles are all in. Oh, there. yeah. Actually, we might be able to get Quentin Richardson as like an addendum. Okay. We might. Yeah, we should We should put that as a maybe. Reynolds month, you know. Yeah. I heard Michael Alawakandi's name earlier because I was watching a video called Jason Williams Can't Attempt a Basic Chest Pass. And it was of the like 2000 rookie sophomore game. Real sloppy basketball. I would suggest checking it out. But uh, Alawakandi like blows a coverage or something. But I'm looking at the names here of the characters in Van Wilder. Daniel Cosgrove is Richard Dick Bag. And mm. the over-the-top Indian character's name is literally Taj Mahal. Right. Like some real some real genius writing in there. <laughs> there are no skip woods. Lamar Odin is in it? Yeah. Yeah, because they had all these clippers in the movie. Like because of the one basketball scene. That's when they would hold their fists to their heads. Ooh. Zach, problematic crush. Tara Reed. Yeah. She's a real problematic crush. She still follows me on Twitter. I might be able to get her. <laughs> DM her. She doesn't have shit wow. to do. This Van Wilder episode is going to be packed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have too many people. Yeah, the movie's... Wow, Simon Halbert. Eric Estrada? Oh, yeah, yeah. Eric Estrada, for sure. That one's going to be a challenge. I, I look forward to that at some point. All right, Mike, do you have a question? So this occurred yesterday. This is kind of a she question to be asking. But I went to a restaurant yesterday where it was like one of these small plate situations. And I wonder, have you ever ordered the right amount of food at a tapas small plate type restaurant? No, 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 no. You either order too much or too little. There's no way to know the right amount of food at a tapas place. It's just frankly impossible. Yeah. Everything looks good. And 
I took like two things home. Now they're cold, and then I tried to microwave it, and it was gross. Yeah, and, and then on top of that, everything everything looks good, but you don't know. Like sometimes the portions are big, sometimes right. they're small, yeah. the small plates, and yeah, you just don't know. That is one hundred percent how they get you, is for sure. So not everything is for one person, <laughs> right? So you you automatically go in with the mindset: I need two or three things at least per person in order to make this work. But then, yeah. yeah, sometimes you get the oxtail stew and it's tiny or you get the chicken dish and it's like a whole half chicken. <laughs> like, uh, all right. Yeah. The only way you're getting through that is if you have a group of like four or five people. But then you really run the risk of ordering like way too much. Way too much. Right. Two things happened yesterday where the waiter said, order everything at once because some things might take 45 minutes to an hour. That absolutely wasn't the case. And... I'm suspicious that they bring out the smallest portion first so you get, like, enticed to order more because it's like, they're all going to look like this. So it's a racket. Oh, that's, def that's definitely how they get you. Absolutely. I, I've determined that that's a total effing racket. Yeah. Hmm. But I'll be back, though. I'll be back. Order conservatively under the idea that you can order more, but the secret is, is that you'll never order more. Yeah. You put in a conservative order. It's, how many times in your life have you been in a restaurant and you're really like, you know what? I need another broccoli dish. Never. It doesn't happen. I'll be like, I'll just hold out the menu in case I want more. That, I've literally never mid-game added more. It just doesn't happen. Holding on to one menu is a great play, though. It you is a great to. play. You have to. I always hold on to the menu, but I, I don't really order more. It doesn't matter. You're, you're leaving yourself the option you the and power. the power. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're on a date where it's like, you know what? I might improvise a little bit here. You know? Yeah, I might splurge a little bit. And, I'm know. mysterious. I'm, I'm going to make things right if I have to. Or the drinks. I've noticed a lot of new types of cocktails. I don't even know what the base spirit is. There's just some. And I went to a place yesterday that claimed they were organized around bitters. And I was Ugh. like, doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what you mean here. That was a little much. Sounds like you went to the bar from What Men Want. <laughs> True. Real mixologist. Another movie I won't watch. Yeah, you probably... I think the podcast is better than the movie in that one, for sure. The what was his name joke was good. Batman. You might want to just watch the Cuck O'Leary scene. Though. Cuck O'Leary part. <laughs> just, for, just for continuity's sake. Man, what are the odds, you know? What are the odds of that? That wasn't that much far after. No. The Coco Leary moment. No. What, maybe a month and a half or something like that? You know what? If it were not for your typo, do we even care about that scene? Probably not in the same way. Does that slip by us? We're like, oh, yeah, and then an old Irish man is horny or something. Right. <laughs> Just doesn't hit quite the same. No. How long does it take you to watch like a 90-minute movie? I mean, imagine if any of them were. But I don't feel comfortable disclosing that information. I think for <laughs> me, you can usually tack on at least an hour to any movie at wow. least an hour to any movie i feel like i watched batman superman down of justice for like five and a half hours <laughs> that movie sucks so much have you watched the extended version it really ties it all together i hope that they extend the giant fire monster's dick because it does that that would have been amazing if the giant fire monster just had like a huge dick swinging around and like it was just like this is the end yes if it was just dragging up shit, or that um, tennis mockumentary that was on HBO with uh, Jon Snow and, oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Samberg, where in the CGI, he just had like a 20-foot penis. 
I think that would have really improved the movie for me as a, a freight train hog guy. I don't even remember what movie that was. Envy, maybe? Yes, yeah, yeah it was the, the Italian. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the the minister. The minister, yeah. The minister of freight train hogs. All right, well, thank you so much to our guests, Mike and Julian. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us. us. This has been a fantastic cinephobe mailbag hybrid for Zach Harper and Anthony Mays, and we'll see you next week. Wow. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade.